Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam, the, I'm assuming, slightly smaller testicled male than his co-host, Will Foster. Now, I'm only guessing. That, that's just a guess. And it's a very, I didn't know where this very is going. very strange start, and he's not clearly prepped his friend on this prior to the show. Now, this is my theory. You have the new Psycho one, so do I. Yeah. What's a Psycho one? It's an O'Neill wetsuit. It's the one we're most, most keen on. Um, mine hasn't accounted for my giant balls because every surf I have at the moment, I love the suit. I love the suit. It's yeah. been really warm, really gooey, flexible. We're going to talk about surf marketing in a second because <laughs> yeah. it's fucking hilarious. Now with increased ball sack, it's, the O'Neill Psycho one. I just want to, Jack, I know you're dead, but... Like your son, what's your son called? Dave? Dave O'Neill. Dave? <laughs> Dave O'Neill. <laughs> hey, he's got a good line of pubs knocking about. O'Neill's. That's a true point. Where is the extra space? Now, you're not thinking about Will Foster when you're making your suit, are you? You're not, you're not thinking about that girth there. Clearly, it needs needs thought. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that's a random start to the show. There you go. I and was not. Welcome. The Mindful Surfer Podcast. I, I, I'm used to not... I, being you know prepared or expecting no. whatever's yeah. going to come out of your mouth will at the beginning yeah. of the show but that is a new one on me it's new yeah. it's new but what i found is just i'm just i'm sort of i'm in the surf and i'm sort of tugging you do not be I doing do. that anywhere <laughs> let alone in the surf can you imagine knocking one out in the surf. uh i am tugging at the corner of the sort of material um quite consistently the fit feels sort of different whatever um how are you finding your well? New I mean, cycle? without giving too much away here, because you're going to talk about the fact that they've increased the the sort of thickness, haven't they, of the suit, so that to to by half a mil. And mine is still the, the original, although it's a new one. And tell, let me tell you, the prices have gone up as well. But um, I love it. I think it's a great suit for a four three in winter conditions. I think it's a very very good suit indeed. Unreal. As we were talking about, I mean, we talked about a lot of this last week, didn't we, in terms of suits and, and, and kind of then accessories and that sort of thing. But no, I love it. It's a great suit. Um, I still haven't seen any um, thanks from the O'Neill Empire to yeah, say, Dave, thanks for talking about our wetsuits in an open, honest and yeah. considerate fashion. We, we had a lot of O'Neills and, and Dave, the son, I'm guessing, called Dave, um, has, has not gotten hold of us. And uh, we are waiting um, for a shipment of... Uh, a, a two mil sleeveless, a shorty uh, with a chest sip, a short arm long leg, two mil, a three two, a four three, a five four three, and maybe if we go to Norway, a six five four hooded. So just saying, Dave, look, if you're listening, you know, we are here. We are, you know, we will allow you if you want to sponsor us, right? Yeah. You know, I know we're big time. Right? My, my I know we've got a million suit, listeners, but you know, we, we'll let you sponsor us. You know, my first suit, I think, was a six five four solar, a solar suit. I've still got it. Giant cardboard box. It, it, now it is. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you were first surfing. When when you first moved down here and you were riding in your goal, was yeah, it the goal? And I remember pulling the arm and having a little feel and. It felt like clay, like you know when clay's um, you got real soft clay, and then you got to put it in the yeah. you got to dry it, then put it in the oven. Do you remember doing that at school sort of thing? And you, yours was sort of like just prior to the oven, like that's how thick and sticky and yeah. and lacking in flex it was. It was quite remarkable, and you carried on with it. It was like wow, he just doesn't know what it could feel like yet to be 
He just don't care, that boy. <laughs> I'm going to say something here as well. I'm just looking up while you're chatting away about who actually owns it. I mean, it sounds like, you know, you, it would be nice if Dave O'Neill owned it, but apparently yeah. it's owned uh, by a privately held company headquartered in Luxembourg. I've already got alarm bells ringing on that one. That is interesting. Known, obviously known for its surf culture, Lux- Luxembourg. 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 Luxembourg, the way you said that, yeah. is... Yeah, probably the most, ah. or one of the most landlocked countries in the world. I've got to apologise here, though, as well. Go on. Uh, this is Wikipedia, which, by the way, don't believe everything you read on Wikipedia. True. A lot of Wikipedia stuff, as I've read, is full of shit. But uh, allegedly, I don't want their, their lawyers are probably bigger than ours, will come in after us. But it says, the company produces wetsuits, performance water, and snow sports-inspired apparel for young adults and lifestyle apparel. For young adults? Already? Come on. Um Products are distributed, blah, 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 blah. The O'Neill clothing license is held by La, La Jolla Group. The O'Neill wetsuit business continues to be owned by the O'Neill family and is based in Santa Cruz, oh, California. That's so interesting. That makes me feel better. That's interesting. And, and do you that's know why what? you can't get a discount on them. That, that, that says a lot about the quality yeah. of what they're doing. They're surfers. It's a surfing family. Hardcore surf, you know, surfing cold water. They are great suits. Um we are not sponsored, just to let you know. And I know we've kind of covered this. We are not sponsored by yeah. O'Neill. And neither are we sponsored by Lost either. We love the Puddle Jumper. Matt Barless, we love your whole thing that you've done. Um, we love you. Yeah. Uh, that's getting a bit weird now. Um, <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> but we also think that you are in the mafia. And we've had this theory that... You, your empire has been built around lots and lots of corruption and murder. So we don't know. Now, listen, we're just throwing that out there. We're not I'm sure. Just about like that. that lost surfboard meeting where he's just like in an old school cafe, just yeah. sat in a corner booth. Hey, guys, what's this year's uh, model of surfboard? You know, <laughs> it's the mindful surfer killer. Because <laughs> those boys are really pissing me off now. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get a knock on the door. And it'll be oh, no, you don't get a knock on the door from, from the Biolus family. No, no. The door's off the hinges before you do, even know. The door's already off the hinges, indeed. <laughs> they turn up in the apparel. Um, but no, we've had waves recently, haven't we? We've had a few surfs. That's, that's why been, we're in a vague, nice. quite a good mood, really, because we yeah. surf yesterday. I surf with you boys on Wednesday. You had another surf on Thursday. It's been... Yeah. We've had a good run of it. Real good run. And it's been hit and miss at times. Uh, talking more about gear again, I had my first surf of the week was in uh, on the north coast and my boots yeah that are called so lights which have I, I'm going to go as far as saying 8 out of 10 surfers know now what a so light is I mean that's just how popular they've become well I thought it was like a, a Motown band from the 1960s indeed that might want to be recalled so shites <laughs> Oh, you are. Ooh. We are in it. Today. We're, we're challenging it today, aren't we? The, we're pushing the boundaries. The, uh, the, the the cartels that are out the, there the, owning surf surf brands. So like now, like right, let's let's murder him too. Um, no, no, no. They're good, but what it is is that if you have poor circulation to extremities, which I do, and we've talked about this, I think that it's my body's really, really warm. It's just at very, very ends of my toes, and, and the hands can get a bit like that. But as, as we know in surfing. It's 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 that kind of you got to be accurate with everything, and it's precise is the word. Yeah. And if your toe slightly goes, especially your big toe, the precision of everything slows down. And 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 when you're as bang average a surfer as I am, yeah, I need every half percent I can get 
to help out, especially with the ways we surf, et cetera, et cetera. And I just was finding that surf a bit clunky. I was, my feet were a little bit cold and it was just like, oh, it was one of those sessions. And But they're very, very popular. And the thing with, if you've not heard, if you've had your head in the, shall we say, under the surfing sand and you've just been surfing, <laughs> not actually looking at surf and surf gear rather than that, but actually having been in the water um, and have not heard of Solites, the, the marketing behind them is unlike a normal wetsuit boot that you just put on and it is what it is, you actually mold the 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 boot your foot to the boot yeah. with hot water which hurts by the way it's quite it's quite sore stings you a little bit gotta let it cool down first let, yeah probably gotta um <laughs> maybe that's a really good tip um and maybe that's why i don't really have very good circulation in my toes anymore since you got the sore lights you've literally scalded your feet <laughs> i've probably burned my feet and that's an why idiot they don't guide, work anymore. an idiot's guide to fixing solar mm, mm, but there is there is a price d- to efficacy th- yes. problem with those kind of high high-end things right if you're going to pay a lot you expect a lot and so there is an expectation when you're sp- spending money so i think there should be a uh, exactly that, a price point to efficacy chart. So I'm happy in my 25 quid goal boot sometimes because Don't get me started of on the goal. price point. So if they provide as good a thing as something that's 80, 90 quid, the other thing, of course, is it ties into a lot of things in today's world, is that the PR machine behind some of those brands is so powerful that do you ever get an honest, non-PR-based review of the thing, which is what we hope to do in some ways. So like you say... That's your honest appraisal of their product, expensive honest, as it is. Honest appraisal. And this is what's great about podcasts, because podcasts give you that honest voice, people who are actually surfing, not trying to sell anything, and we can give you that interpretation. I'm not then saying don't don't buy solo. It's a lot, a lot of friends who who love them. And write in if you like them. Write in if you like them. Send them a message. Send us a message. Um, I personally found them not very warm. And I then went into the shop. Tiki, love Tiki. It's a British brand. Check them out. Um, make make great great gear for good value prices and i said to the guy I said look i'm a size 10 have you got a, a decent boot yep six mil nice and warm I have a, i've worn it two three surfs now and it's been really warm grippy great you need just you need a bit of grip you need warmth yeah the thing with the solite thing was it's all about the barefoot feel which i'm really obsessed about obviously um but it but actually it, it didn't quite Quite deliver, and it's amazing with market surf marketing because we, we'll talk about this now that the words that get used yeah. are very very funny, gooey. Now I had to underline this. Uh, I'm going to post it on social media. I forgot to do it, but <laughs> in O'Neill's marketing, the one of the lines was, "And this year's techno brother is super gooey." <laughs> what? Like what? Like yeah. melted chocolate, and what do you want a wetsuit to be gooey? Or marshmallow, like melted marshmallow, like around the campfire. Yeah. Like, do you, do you want it to fall like gooey? It's, yeah, it's a, it's a great. Word. Well, I nearly made mine gooey the other day. Thank God it was so wet because I dry mine. I don't know if if you're a, a wetsuit manufacturer, please cover your ears now because you're probably not supposed to do this. So sometimes I've tumble dried it. Right, it's terrible for the environment. Whoa, well. tumble! Yeah. Just when it's an emer- emergency, really just to random. warm it up, even if it's wet, because it's better Goodness. to put a warm water one. But I also <laughs> hang it. That is kinky, dude. My house is falling down. I've got one of these old, like, stoves and thing, like, range. So it's always hot. So, and I hang the, I sort of hang the suit above, above the mantelpiece or whatever it's called, above this range cooker. Because it's warm. The thing's warm. 
but the the top was up, so the exposed hot plate was there, and it fell from the hanger. And I just hear this. Your new one. The new one. And I was like, ah, it will be gooey. It'll be just a melted mess across it. But thankfully, it was so wet that it didn't scorch it quick enough. But my God, that was a nervous moment. Mate, can you imagine? Yeah. There's, There's no greater joy than buying surf gear. You know, even like my wedding day, I can't compare my wedding day to... <laughs> I can- <laughs> when a new suit or newborn arrives at the door, <gasps> like all your Christmases at once, wedding day, yeah, whatever. Um, it, you can't compare. I mean, that. Yeah. but the duality exists in everything. When you break a board, you, you, you yeah. put a hole in a suit, something happens, like your van gets dinged or... Whatever. Oh, there's no hey. greater sadness. Well, I'm going to make a serious mindfulness point. And again, this. you can't compare that to like funerals of loved ones. I swear, honestly, sadder, <laughs> sadder when that board breaks. Well, do you know there's a bit of a mindfulness point on this, isn't? Or I guess a, a kind of uh, a kind of a theme around ego, because it's, if, you, if if by virtue of your involvement with that sport or product, you extend into it your ego, so you're wearing that O'Neill and you've got your lost surfboard, and it's like, oh wow, I they are an extension of me because I am this and that. Then, of course, when they get damaged, it's as if somebody's punched you in the face, metaphorically Correct. Speaking. And I believe in karma and must have had some sort of karmic thought because I was with mates at a spot on the south coast and we got had this great surf. The vibes are good. There wasn't really much wind, but I put my board down and it just, bloop, in the wind, it just lifted up and hit my mates, whatever, tail, fin, something. Perfect slice down the yeah. side of the puddle jumper. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather my own leg get sliced <laughs> than that thing. Um, it took a bit of ding repair. I'm actually getting closer to needing a... Are you setting... Needing a new puddle jumper. Are you, and, and, are and you I'm setting like, table places for these products at Christmas... Because we're coming up to Christmas. Oh, Do yeah, they all yeah. have their own seat at the Christmas? Puddle Jumper the gets Fos- his own... The Foster Christmas table. Puddle Jumper gets his own seat. I have to take the fins out so we can sit down. <laughs> and we put a little Christmas hat on it. A hundred percent. I clean him up for, this, for the special occasion. Kids are outside because there's not enough space to yeah. put them around the table as well. I, I, I get the pickle out <laughs> and I pickle him properly. You know, get all that gunk off him. Which, by the way, have you ever done pickling? Yeah. That's... I mean, there's two things satisfying in the world. One is popping a spot. As we all know, other one, pickling. If you pickle a board and you, if you're listening to this in America or Australia or somewhere, you probably don't, you might not know what a pickle is. I think it's it's universal. Is it, it's worldwide. I don't think it's a British thing. I think it's an American product. It is America, it is. Pickle your board. And it's all that gunk, that brown stuff, this stuff, old wax, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, if you don't know what it is, it's like a sort of loose net, net bag with some sort of special gritty sort of pad inside it or loose stuff inside it and you scrub it across the wax on your board don't you and it all comes off really nicely it's like a little um it's like this it's like a surface um sort of cuddly toy isn't it a pickle yeah you almost feel like they could, could put a couple of eyes on it a little <laughs> smiley face hey don't be giving them ideas know, that actually, could be our next that's, that's bit of very smart and you have it sort of on your yeah. on your on, on your dash when you're driving the van and if you've got no friends you look at him and oh i've got I've got Pete here. I've got Pete the Pickle. He's with me. And probably if you've taken some of the drugs that Surfers have taken, the thing starts talking to you after a while. That's true. Hey, you ain't cleaned your board for very long, mister. <laughs> Take me out and give me a big rub. 
Down that lovely surfboard of yours. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. On, 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 <laughs> so that's very good. I just have to say, if, if Pickle, if you're listening, uh, Liam would happily... Do the voiceover for do his, do, 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 he, he, There you go. Get a full-time job with, with Pickle. But, Don't um, know what to get your loved ones for Christmas? <laughs> Pick up a pickle from your nearest surf store. <laughs> Lee, why Lee, the fuck aren't we sponsored Liam's by gen- Liam's impressions of things general, are general themes around sort of like a central theme of some sort of New Yorker there's <laughs> yeah, always some know. sort of New Yorker just in the mix there I don't know why there's this one character from New York who seems to seep into most um, but but actually on Kit I just want to mention this because I was going to mention it in Surf Media Insight but I wanted to mention it now because it gets us talking about um, boards before we move on and it's that um, Tom Carroll saw a clip of him with some guy who, who's a good surfer, runs a surf shop, and they were talking about the Twin Pin mm. by Channel Islands. And that was a good surfboard review. Because um, surfboard reviews, what you get, what, you, what, what we understand, right, is that someone's selling something somewhere. That's the that's the that's the kind of bottom line, and I'd lo- I'd love it if we <laughs> if if's a big word we were sponsored by Lost and O'Neill that we actually still go <laughs> bang average board. Don't like this one; it's rubbish. This one was bang average, or whatever. But, I want that one. But but that that was a good surfboard review because it wasn't selling you something. And this is where surfboard reviewing and marketing is really really clever, but also really got to watch out for a little bit as well because we've all been victim of it, myself included, by about a million times. Um, they've got the twin pin there, and they call it an honest review. Yeah, 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 we've all had that honest review. Have Channel Islands sent you the board? You know, who, mm, okay. But it felt really genuine, and there was a real, like, you know, I couldn't surf it like that. It actually was really fun, but it was nowhere near as fun as what Mikey February makes it look. And... Which, by the way, is when he's advertising the board, it's on J-Bay, yeah. probably the best right-hander in the world. Clean as well, because J-Bay can get choppy, but it's clean. And it's Mikey February. Yeah. So you're watching... <laughs> I love all the, the surfboard stuff. You know, we, we, we talk a lot about... Um, his name amazes me, but like Surf and Show. What's his name? Oh, Noel Salas. Noel Salas. Because <laughs> we're like... Noel's there like... I got the stock 5-1. We're like, 5-1. I know. <laughs> and there's poor old, like, yeah, you know. Barry from Skegness yeah. looking at boards going, I wonder what work in the windswell up here. Oh, I'll just watch this review on, like, yeah. people banging out great turns on a South African right-hander. <laughs> so That's cool. what I need. We, we, we are still hopefully the voice of reason. I mean, we, if you're listening to this and you're cameraman, and and you and you have a, and and you're, you happen to own a, a giant surfboard brand as well. I don't know that could be that could happen. You could be a cameraman, and maybe yeah. Barlas is a cameraman too. Who knows? But if you if you're in that situation and you want really good surf marketing, yeah. it would be the likes of you and I on ways like yesterday. Yeah, super average, really below average. That, that was even below average for our yeah. uh, low standard of wave here. Trying to make a board work, yeah, because it's sort of that—that's that surf marketing, especially because because really and truthfully, there's 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 the average surfer out there who knows he or she is average, right? Well, and then and then 
there's the average surfer out there who he or she doesn't know. Well, I was going to say that. They're average. And that is who surf brands are marketing well, to. And I, <laughs> little old me, oh, yeah, I can, I can turn like, something similar to what Pat, Pat Gadowskis can do. Look, look, look at Pat yeah. on a wave at Trestles, three feet overhead, yeah. ripping in on his rocket wide. Ooh, ooh, actually, I could have a bit of that. I could have a bit of that. And there's me in my moment, being a very average surfer, yeah. thinking in above average thoughts. Well, I was going to say there's two, there's two types of surfer, isn't there, in our sort of brackets. is the uh, people, who, people who know they're average, and people who haven't seen any video footage of themselves surfing. <laughs> True. They're or the photos. Or photos. Uh, because there is, I mean, um, Sasha at Zero Ego does sort of board reviews for the, as in, in, in inverted commas, as he would say, the average well, surfer. Could, could he, let people know he, about this guy, because if they're abroad, what's his he, handle he, again? Zero Ego Board Reviews. Zero Ego we, Board Reviews. We chatted to him on the show right good, at the beginning. Good, good guy, Sasha. Good, good guy, very passionate about the subject of surfing. And he does um, surfboard reviews um, for the average Joe, as he, as he would describe himself. At, mostly at the wave though so there are some bits there that you know it'd be nice to see him do more in the, the ocean but it's very hard to get footage and the wave being the, the Bristol wave, wave the wave pool, pool. Yeah. at least it's a consistent wave that he can sort of say you know oh, this worked well or it didn't work well but you're right I think in, in, in marketing in general I mean luckily it's quite benign in the surf world isn't it that if you follow who's who's being paid to say what I mean you should ask that in all walks of life right so if, if, if somebody has got a financial or vested interest in you buying, taking a product and telling everybody else it's brilliant, you might want to just at least get a second opinion of whether or not it works or it's going to do for you what they're telling you it does. Because there is no uh, unbiased uh, view of something if you got the money of that organization's kind of gains in your pocket. Can I mention Spine Tech? Yeah. Fucking shit. Oh, that's a br- big statement. Yeah. yeah. Really, really, really bad for me. Now, that's my interpretation. Take it with a pinch of salt. What's the pinch of salt? I'm very average surfer. I can do a roundhouse cutback, front side and backside. I can do an okay top. You're being hard on yourself today, Will. Is, yeah, is it because you saw me boosting those airs yesterday? It's probably because you were boosting airs, <laughs> and I'm jealous. Um, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> And we'll come to that. I'm not boosting as, by the way. That was a joke for America because some of our American listeners might inch? take that serious. One inch. Yeah, but you got to. You got to actually. You have to land and on you your to, board. That's true. <laughs> that's true. You can't land off the board. I, I get it. That's true. But uh, I can do a cutback. I can surf in bigger waves. I can't get barreled. That's the honest truth. I, well, I, if, 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 as in not can't can't be. We're not black and white yeah. yet. As in currently at my skill level. Well, there are no barrels for us. We I? don't have barrel barreling waves. If I if I was consistently getting those kind of waves, I would probably, probably yeah probably, possibly, yeah I'll make it more possibly because I've been scared by barrels before. Like if I'm being really inside one, it's like it's a because it's so new. Yeah, it's a possible that I could get comfortable doing barrel. So I'm just giving you an overview of, of where I'm at there as a surfer. Top turns, bottom turns, yeah. Down the line, okay, snap. But no, I can serve um, to an okay level. And the, so the spine tech made me surf worse 100% each time. And I'd, I'd given it a good old review, 10, 11, 12 goes. And I just didn't, and fa- didn't, didn't surf well on it. It wasn't able to get flow on it. And I think one of the things we talked about in the van on the way up to the surf on whatever day, was it Tuesday? Wednesday. 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 
thing we were talking about was where I think Lost have it pretty sweet is they've 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 done carbon wrap for a number of years. Okay, that's the first clue. They've done it for almost ten years, and the wrap goes around the board like in a sort of a bowl shape, a round shape, and. Not only have they done it for a long time, I know a lot of people who are average surfers like me who really enjoyed it. And there's a good little clue. They've kept repeating it. They've put it into their, their their biggest selling boards too, which says a lot to, you know, for the confidence to say, look, actually, we're going to make this our in our puddle jump, which is, the I think, the world's biggest selling um, or best selling small wave board of all time. We're going to have the confidence to put it in there and all these things. And having tested that, I felt that difference. And the reason why is because boards flex, if they flex well, in a in a cross pattern. So it's it's a bit like a, what we call a corkscrew effect. As a board flexes down the line, as you pump a heel rail to toe rail, you get a corkscrew effect. And each time you turn out the next section, it pops you back into the next one and so on. Yeah. With the spine tech being straight up and down the board, it felt like the board just wanted to rock back and forth between the back tail pad and the front foot. And so the flow just didn't exist. And the funny thing with spine tech is the way they've marketed it is that that's what it's for. Now this is this is this is by the by. You can take the details if you want and go, oh okay, interesting. You have to find these out for yourself, these things out for yourself, because in the end, there might be someone on a spine tech right now, in fact, definitely, I could guarantee it, who's who's reasonable, similar uh, level of surfer to me, who is loving it? Because there will be that out there. So how do you navigate the sort of world of surfing? Because, you know, we've only got so much cash. Um, we want to put it into stuff that's going to bring us joy. Well, truthfully, in the end, you just got to take a punt. Yeah. That's the bottom line. And... Because there's no sort of one size fits all in surfing or in life and anything. You just got to take a punt, and only you can decide for yourself what's yeah. going to be the yeah. right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, don't let other people. Don't certainly. I think that uh, it's great. We are, we're consumers of that, but to to allow marketeers or again to tell you what you should be doing and should be surfing, should be wearing, should be whatever, whatever it is. Some big serious things out there for that as well is is insanity. You got to decide for yourself. See if it works. If it works good for you. Good for you. If it's not, don't, 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 don't keep it. Sell it on. Do something else. Bang, bang, Try bang, something bang. else. Try something else. Ooh. Very nice. Yeah, Very can. nice. That was a whirlwind of an intro. Yeah. Well, we're rattling f- through today, aren't we? Flying in. Yeah. Um, number two, just a couple of moments to check in with your breathing. So take a breath in through your nose. And then breathe out. Take a breath in. And when you breathe out, breathe out as slowly as you can. Notice the air going all the way down. Take a breath in. And breathe out. And one more breath. Take a breath in. And when you breathe out, breathe out as slowly as you can and really, really pay attention to the air going out. Good work, guys. Um, my mind has this 
ability to work between what I call almost like a quadrant of anxiety. So business here, one, two here, um, health, just health full stop. Three here, surf lifestyle bits around surf itself, lifestyle stuff, getting in, not getting in, people, that sort of thing, crowds, that whole thing. And then lastly, death is a strange one. And it's not strange, of course, death's very normal. What I mean is that one comes from a sort of traumatic incident that took, took place about nine years ago now, where I, I I thought at the time I was having a heart attack. And it was just a, it was when I was nowhere near as healthy as today. And I was having a, <clears throat> a huge wave of anxiety and heart palpitations at the same time. So it just felt like that. And I had a little bit of PTSD from it, if you're going to sort of diagnose it and whatever. And this is what I find um, very humbling about the mind, but also incredibly funny, actually. Um, I could be on one of my quadrant, I could say. There's, I'm always on one, because it, once, you, once one problem is out of the way, one, one situation is out of the way, the mind just straight into another one. That's how the mind is. Until you're aware of that, you think that life is the problem, and it's not. It's always the mind that's the problem. That's the, that's the, 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 the challenge. It's not life. It's the mind. It's the mind how it focuses on life in that way. It's how, it's how you interpret stuff, not actually the, the thing itself. And my mind will be on like, oh, business. Mm. Yeah. And then once that's covered, sweet, everything, it'll just go pop straight on to the next thing. It's like it literally moves on and it goes straight to the health. Oh, health. Oh, yeah. Mm. But, mm, oh, my knee. Yeah. Mm. Once that's covered, <laughs> it switches straight back to business. Or it'll go on to the other things, or it'll go on to my it'll go on to my PTSD. But it's what you've got to remember about the mind is it is always gonna want to try and find something to be distracted by. Because that's its fuel. It's 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 the your mind and ego are forever hungry. They're never it's never full. This is the analogy that Eckhart Tolle talks about, that you're it's a it's a thirst and a hunger that is never sequent, it's never quenched. And the reason why it's funny is because it, it can be something as serious as death, my PTSD, that I don't want to die, and that my heart thing comes back and it's in my mind and I'm experiencing this moment, anxiety, and then I go, oh, I've got a spot on my face. And for the next hour, <laughs> all I was thinking about was death, just then, death itself, and now I'm not thinking of it at all because my mind's now talk, thinking about a spot. And so... In that moment, we sort of have this thing where, you know, Eckhart Tolle has a great quote. He has, he has a number of great quotes. But one of his quotes is, the mind makes out life to be more serious than it is. Life isn't that serious. You said this one number of times. It's too serious to take seriously. That, that's a great quote. And it's the, the, the key with our mindfulness practices is lean in. When that bit of fear is that lean in. When that little of anxiety is there, lean in. And I liken this leaning in process, lean into the thoughts, lean into the feelings. Don't shy away. Don't distract yourself. Don't go on your phone. Don't start doing, you know, your favorite thing to make yourself feel better. Go completely into it. Lean into it. And the analogy is this. It's like a room, your thoughts, these, these demons, these fears, these etc. 
And on the outside of the room is a window. And in that window, it looks black, right? In the room. Hence the, the, the darkness around it. Oh, it's, it's black, right? But with some bravery, and that still, still takes being brave, you go, fuck it, I want to find out what this actually is. So you say, what is this fear? What, what is it? So you go up to the door and you open the door and it's completely bright. And there's nothing in there. And you look back at the window, it's a tinted window. It's an illusion. It's the appearance that it's dark inside the room. But in fact, you open the door and there's nothing, not only is it light, there's nothing in there. Because you realise it's a thought. And the thought is just just that. It's it's, it is. Just a thought. And it's, it's hard because, you know, we're human, we're conditioned, like you say, to hang on those thoughts and to not let them go and to become those thoughts. And we talk again. This van trips are always good because you sort of have wide-ranging discussions about all sorts of things. But really, I think it's in reconcile. This is why I think sort of deeply uh, religious people sometimes are inspirational in some ways because of course. when we were talking about this, that there's a reconciliation of death within themselves. So they they there's a sort of appreciation that that also maybe isn't the final point in your. Uh, whatever it is, celestial journey through the universe, as deep as you want to go on that. But we place so much in this sort of on earth kind of ego, you know, em- you know, physical embodiment of what life is, that we're easier to frighten, control, um, and manipulate even, because those fears are both perceived and real, but a lot of them are perceived. And if you're in total fear, then you're much easier to sort of poke and push around. Whereas if you are able to lean into those fears and confront them and to shine a light on how you know whether or not they are really there and uh, and you lean into them and uh, then you start to kind of unshackle yourself from the you know self-imprisoned sometimes uh walls that fear will build around you i mean this is an extension of what we were saying last week right so almost in that kind of acceptance that in the long run <laughs> somebody said i forget they was who they were quoting but pretty much said they were in the long run we're all dead <laughs> You know? yeah. So you may as well enjoy the life that we're living because there is an element that if you become too much of thoughts, and this is something you and I have both been through, Will, and you sort of you hang too much on certain elements of life that realistically in the great grand scheme of the universe are so insignificant. You know, it's that whole question, you know, will this actually matter in 100 years' time? Um, then you, if you free yourself from that and you realize that, you know, surviving isn't thriving you've, mm. you've got to go out and live and, and, and enjoy the experience that mm. we've been gifted mm. that's why surfing is such an amazing experience because mm. you you plug into that universal energy that takes you out of the thoughts and into the Big wave time. and so if you can extrapolate and bring that back out of the ocean you know and, and start to le- lean into the things mm. that would frighten you or would otherwise stop you doing something and overcome that then liberation on the other side is, is, is truly, you know, incredible. Um, but, so true. But, 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 I mean, we go all the way back to a couple of years ago, we started sort of talking about this show, is that, like surfing, so people around you can't always deal with that. You, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're a problem to, to people that mm-hmm. want or are still, you know, controlled by fear mm-hmm. because you don't sort of conform. They can't go, oh, so true. well, it's a bit like, well, don't go out in the sea. Why not? Well, you might die. Yeah. Well, so might you, but you won't have had a go at surfing this way. Hey, that's how it works. You've got to get busy. It's the Shawshank Redemption has 
so many quotes, but get busy living or get busy dying. That is And that's it. the goddamn truth. Yeah. And the, um, there's a great uh, article I saw the other day um, that was on this aspect of, of, of real and perceived fear and how it interplays with people's wellness. Um, and it's that they, they had this um, stat, I think this is from Time magazine or someone, but it was that um, it gave statistics on anxiety levels today, statistically compared to, I think it was 19, whatever it was, year 1930, 1920 or something. And they're obviously higher. Now, here's what's really interesting about that. And just goes to show how much of an illusion it is. It's to do with, you know, phones and media and all these things and whatever. And then, and then we're going to talk about the solutions around that because that's really important rather than just talk about it. What is the solution to that? But it's to say that in 1914 or 1905, whatever year you were born, anyway, by the time you're 14 years old, First World Wars began and by the end, it's, by the end, 22 million people had died. 1920, I believe, it might be later, Spanish flu comes yeah, along. 1918, I think. Yeah. 1918. 50 million people have died. So then, carry on. 1930, I think it was the Great Depression. Um, yes. Real serious economic slump. So you then, you then have people who are in pretty standard middle class type homes who are actually starving, not just people who are working class. So that happens. And you move through that. Hitler comes to power. We know where that goes. 65 million people die. 7 million Jews. You keep going. Now, the point in this is that statistically, people weren't afraid during that time like they are today. And you sort of think, well, they kind of had much more reason to be. If you're going to really have mass death and something to be afraid of, it would have been then. But due to the way that people lived... And the way media was played out, um, you probably heard through someone who threw someone to someone that, that something was going on. And it wouldn't have been nice, obviously, I'm not saying it would. But the point about media today is, and this is what we talked about so many times, dude, about your you know, phones and all these things, is that because it's so there and so 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 24 hours and it, it's, it seems more real, it's not. It just seems like it is. And we could compare that even to today's pandemic to, to compare to the, to, to, you know, well, can you imagine being in the Second World War? Imagine actually, you know, my son is actually yeah. going off to probably, if we're going to say statistically die, yeah. you know, compared to today. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really important to think, so you say, well, what, you know, what, what is the solution to that? And we discussed this many times, but it needs repeating as many times as possible. That it isn't necessarily get rid of the phone, don't watch the news bury your head in the sand and whatever. Although I think that <laughs> less phone use and not watching the news is probably a smart idea anyway. But I think what it is, is be mindful of what you're consuming and how it's making you feel. Well, it's a one individual person who can know how you feel and it's you. Yeah. And when you're consuming stuff, you're looking at stuff, you're listening to someone speak, you're watching a video, looking at an article. This says this, this says that. See and just tune in. How's it making you feel? You are what you eat. Yeah. With your mouth, eyes, not whatever. You're consuming stuff. It is having an impact on everything from cellular, cellular upwards, but particularly thoughts. And I go back to that old Paxman thing. It wasn't actually Jeremy Paxman, but I think he ended up getting... Jeremy Paxman, if you're listening overseas, was at the time, a great interrogator of powerful people. 
need more of that, really. Oh, where geez. He, he yeah, ask, where is he right now? He, he does, he does a, sort of a quiz show now called he would Universal be really Challenge. Useful but right he, now. he would at least ask them questions that they felt uncomfortable asking. And he, he went in with every. And I'm, I'm using this in reference to not allowing yourself or your thoughts or your fears to be controlled also by not only your internal thoughts, but a programming, if you like, a, a sort of news and consumption of media. And he would always sort of go into these things saying, why is this lying bastard lying to me? And I think if you approach most things in that way, at least you can start to go, okay, why am I taking on face value everything that I'm being told here in this situation? Whatever that is, whatever context, you apply that to anything. But if because we are so bombarded by things to worry about because whenever you watch the news we talked about this so many times well well before this whole shit kicked off but it just in reference to general i'm not talking about pandemic necessarily here but the news is not there to make you feel good is it it's not there it's like the ministry of fear it's a fear factory but but not fear that's good for you not fear to challenge you not fear where you um, skateboard for the first time or you surf a bigger well wave put, or dude. you Beautifully know put. like wholesome fear where you challenge your physical being that's what we are we're, we're physical creatures we need to get out and challenge our bodies but it's mind fear and that is the worst kind because overcoming that and, and particularly for the younger age group who are also now bombarded with these things due to technolo- technological advances there has to be a conversation where you say is this good for everybody, because uh, fear can be brilliant, but control combined with fear is a very, very dangerous place to be. For us humans, that's for certain. Big time. And uh, while we round this off, and I know this, is, again, isn't surf media uh, itself, but Russell Brand, oh, yeah. you, you must watch his clips. If you're in this place at the moment, who's telling the truth, Yeah, right? If you're really in that place and... I can hope that you are, but that you might be because you're listening to this show. If you're a mindful human, you're probably going somewhere across the like, "Mm, who's who's telling the truth right now is watch Russell Brand's clips, which are for me at the moment, the most mindful YouTube clips out there. They're short, very, very packed with knowledge, unbiased opinions, down the line, down the middle, really good stuff. Just and he does it with humor. And so he 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 is on a different plane right now. He he is bringing out a level of media that has yet been seen today in today's. He that's how powerful his almost. That's and how I really hope all, his channel explodes in the next few years. That's how it all should be. Well, he has. I mean, he's gone up to. He'll be what five or six million. Yeah. F- f- followers from when I first started watching yeah. him. And I have to say about Russell Brand, there was a time that I kind of didn't warm to him as much mm. when he, he was on the sort of, and he would admit that himself, you know, when that sort of celeb circuit when he was kind of, you know, in in his own words, he would say he was completely immersed in ego. And, you know, he found uh, as often as that kind of path a bit more, uh, and I think in his case, like enlightenment through religion and all of that stuff and got off the booze because he had a dysfunctional relationship with it and all the other sort of substances as well that he was taking at the time. But I found that, and, I, and, and the reason I think watching his channel is so refreshing is because he did combine all of those things, like a, a humour firstly. So to come at it, to shine the light of humour on something is a powerful thing, as we said last week as well. But then also to ask questions that no question should be unaskable no nothing uh you, you can't 
have anything that goes unchallenged. Other you, otherwise, you're in like a monotheistic religion that says <laughs> you cannot <laughs> challenge. What a word! Oh, you cannot challenge the orthodoxy. Questions there's gooey, the, and then there's that. monotheistic. And I don't think the O'Neill make a monotheistic wetsuit yet. <laughs> but it's kind of like one of those things that you say everything should have be able to withstand the scrutiny of sunlight on its surface. Very nice, yeah. including your testicles. Now that's episode. <laughs> Well, 48 to those of you who don't know what happened to Liam's testicles in the sunshine. Was that the last eclipse? Because <laughs> let me tell you, Buster Ooh. Gonad was in town. <laughs> that's like we're, that's light in our balls today. God, we? we were going into it there, weren't we? Yeah. Um, Sig number three, Mind Body Stoke, things Liam and I have been working on with the mind and the body to raise the stoke. For me, it's a mental one in the acceptance of what I'm better at in surfing and a letting go of what I'm not. Whilst not, at the same time, either embracing A, what I am better at, or B, not working at what I'm not. Do you get what I'm trying to say? The duality of my surfing. The reason why is because I've had quite an up and down surf vibe of late. Not in terms of emotion. It's not been that deep but certainly uh, a more dull down experience of, the, of a surf thing where my skill level didn't quite meet the flow experience maybe and I sort of was more clunky and you come away not unhappy at all that's that's huge no, but just a little bit more subdued and a bit like yeah cool cool and then another surf the next day where I came out the water like <gasps> Buzz, 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 like a higher stoke. So the previous day's surf was a, a, a good stoke, but not super high. And then the next day's was really, really, really high. And, and, and what it is, you start to spot patterns. And I did, I have in my surfing that when I'm in the flow experience more, I come away with more stoke. So when we've talked about flow experience before, it's the, it's the timeless experience itself of being in the activity you're doing with a total immersion of body and no mind there's no mind left that's that's the beauty of it you're just you're 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 being the being animal that you are this human being and it's a, it's it's complete letting go of all the sh- shit and you just are in it and you're loving it and that's what we love about surfing but there's an acceptance of the sort of ebb and flow and it's like for me it, I'm getting better at it. I'm not perfect at it at all, but it's an acceptance of, I had this moment where I'd surfed okay, but I had quite cold feet and I was a bit clunky on the wave and I fell off a lot and I didn't have a flowing surf. It was an okay and fun surf, but not flowing that next level up, that pure flow. And normally what I do is I fight it with my last wave so I can't get out now as Liam knows I've got this <laughs> I've had mates who be like mate when are you getting in because I just kind of just got to finish it on a good one just so I sort of can leave with like oh no I, I, I can still surf let it go like I turned I looked at this wave and I was looking at the surf it was kind of messy and I just had had a, a clunkyish type surf and I sort of looked at it and just went, I just went let it go. And I actually said that in my head. And I just turned the board. I grabbed the board. And I just paddled in and just went in. And it was like, cool. And then the next day, I had more lefts. 
And because of the way my hips are and my glutes, my glutes are much, much stronger than my quads. I'm very gluten hamstring dominant. So if you're built that way physiologically, if you get a, not a huge left, but a, a, a two or three feet overhead left that's walling up, you'll probably do your best turns. When you're a quad dominant athlete, um, in fact, you, you're, you're very quad dominant. When you're quad dominant, you're very good at takeoffs, getting knifing under the barrel front side, front side stuff. Mm. Because you can quickly knife up your toes. Because you're yeah. think about it. If you if you think about your physiology, your toe rail is your quad and calf. Your heel rail is your glute, hamstring. So when you heel rail bottom turn off of a backside wave, if you're strong in that department, you'll do a better bottom turn. If your bottom turn's better, you'll do a better top turn. We all know how surfing works. It's all about the bottom turn. So my work on is always front side maneuvers. So I, I kind of struggle with more. So I came away from that surf with having had loads of lefts doing more maneuvers because I always fit in two or three more top turns with my backside. I, I fit in more powerful calves. There's more flow, more snap, more zing, more all these things. Come away like, ah, oh, like this. As a surfer and as in life, gotta be able to accept this sort of ebb and flow. Ebb and flow. And talk about um, appropriate because it's ebb and flow. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know, some sessions are ebb. <laughs> some are flow. And that's just the way it goes. But also at the same time, it's like, look, you know, I am trying to make my, my quads stronger. I am working on my calves and my balance for my front side stuff. So it's still a work on. And, and it's important to go, look, you know, this is what you find more difficult in your surfing. Rather than let it defeat you, it's like, no, what can you, how can you use that as fuel to actually make improvements? It's like, use it as fuel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and energy to motivate yourself like you know get back on those lunges get back on those squats see if you can make those legs strong completely agree because I'd, I'd, I'd sort of had a few weeks where I'd you know busy working and getting back into sort of the pre-Christmas spirit a little bit too much and and you it's fine to start with but then it compounds doesn't it the, the, the losses that you make as much as the gains when you're training so and that actually impacts things like mental um, kind of fitness and anxiety and all those things. And I found I was getting in a little bit of a pit of despair, if I'm honest, you know, I mean, considering what's going on as well, that I f it was really impacting that sort of uh, mental sort of well-being and the, and the kind of anxiety starts to creep in a little bit more and you, you start to kind of feel a lot more vulnerable. And part of it, weirdly, I was thinking, you know, giving myself that advice is a, the, the, the hack that's worked always for me, taking surfing out because surfing always helps but even that in a weird way it wasn't quite because the surfs were a bit junkier and as you say it kind of it wasn't as consistent in that period of time it just wasn't as fulfilling you know don't get me wrong it was still incredibly fulfilling so i went back to the things that we've been doing really well will the the training around weights and it, it's a cliche now isn't it but starting to lift those weights again feel and do chin-ups as soon as you start and this is for yourself, this is not in comparison to anybody else, but as soon as you start feeling stronger than you were and and, and strong from lifting heavy things, um, the better you feel. It's an instant mind hack. And, and I knew that, but I wasn't doing it. You kind of go into that rejection of it a little bit. And then a few mornings of um, kettlebell workouts, chin-ups, and then a surf, and suddenly the all of the well-being sort of uh, hormones and endorphins and all that uh, are much higher than they previously were. And the knock-on effect of that is your mind. So you, your body starts to get stronger. You, your mind starts to not be worried about the things it's been worried about before. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an amazing really connection, that mind-body thing, isn't it? It's really good. I think that the um, so one of the paradigms surfers has is they go surfing, yoga. Yeah. 
surfing yoga. Um, and I get it, 100%. It's about the, you know, the quality of, of range of mo- motion and mobility, of, of how you bend, squat, twist, lunge, etc. And that's great. But there will be a very, very quick plateau with just yoga and just stretching and walking. And even mountain biking running too, because a lot of surfers have that kind of love of nature and they'll want to then mountain bike, cycle, whatever, it's road, road bike, run, if there's no surf and whatever. And if you can... Um, seek some advice on getting some some weight training, or or just go to a, you know let's say CrossFit gym, or go to a gym, or go, you know just or get some kettlebells yourself like we have, in, you know because I have a studio where I teach people how to use kettlebells and, and weights and things. But when you when you incorporate heavy load uh, into your muscles with the right amount of volume done well, with the right intensity and then you know correct form, all these things, it is an absolute pure scientific fact that you will feel stronger when you stand on anything let alone a surfboard you stand on the ground once your body is recovered as part of that cycle of you put the muscles under stress it sees it as a stress and floods it with all the right stuff from your nutrition ideally and protein intake etc and you get stronger as an adaptation to to that physiological stress so surfers have this Thing sometimes where they sort of look at weights and go, yeah, whatever. That's for like Arnold Schwarzenegger and you know rugby players and American footballers. And I tell you this: the the best surfers I know have the strongest legs and the strongest core. And there's your clue: the best surfers I know. So the ones who can really push out some weight through the legs and do it well with good form and these things. I can tell you right now, bang, they're the, and I can I, and I can think of a guy straight away, and if Tom Eagle is listening to this, then Tom... He doesn't. Brilliant, but I know he doesn't, so it's fine. Most He's of our great, mates Tom. don't and listen he doesn't to do, our show. he doesn't do social media either, I don't think. <laughs> Which is, exactly. Tom Eagle's a good mate, and he's... I've trained Tom a few times, and Tom just naturally has these incredible quads. And you see the guy surf. Well, I've said before, when I first Absolutely saw him, I thought it was Mick, I thought it was Mick Fanning. Yep. But Fanning was like that, wasn't he? Stro- oh, he is. He wasn't. He's still alive. <laughs> still alive. Oh, Mick Fanning was like yeah, 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 great. Yeah, yeah. No, but he was, um, oh, he is, has that leg power, that real, like, I, I really admire that, Absolutely. actually. Yeah. Um, dude, segment number four, any surf media? Well, I mean, we'll we'll come back to, like, the, the uh, listeners' questions next, next week, because we did watch, and I hope I didn't say this last week, but Ben Gravy at Nazare, just connected to fear. That seeing him frightened as he looked at that wave, and it wasn't as on its biggest day. I mean, I wouldn't get in for a, for a paddle round, but uh, it, it's it, it always it always quite humbling watching people that you admire and relate to. I mean, Ben Gravy, as we've said often on this show, is a very relatable surfer to most people because he's not kind of this super pro guy. And I've watched him, as you have, Will, go through those gears of toe-in surfing, bigger wave surfing, having been like a novelty wave surfer who likes little, in inverted commas, smaller stuff. And, you know, generally you see him surfing waves that you would go in yourself most of the time. And to see him sort of uh, in the crowd with people who are those kind of, you know, total powerhouse adrenaline junkies who surf these huge monster waves was, oh, it was really, really good to see because it was like seeing one of your mates go and surf Nas. Absolutely bonkers, and I, I, you know, I, I take my hat off to that, and I'd love to experience that in many ways. But clearly, I'm not quite motivated enough to really go down that path because I just haven't 
haven't done that. But um, when you've had a big wave and you've had that drop, and if you're into that, you want to step up to the next one and the next one and the next one. As long as you, as long as you feel like you've got the backing of your training and all these things. Um, but with Ben Gravy, like you said, the reason why it's so good watching him do these things is he takes you on the journey. And that's what makes his surf media very, very unique. And we, I'm sure we'll have him on one day and we'll talk to him. But Ben, love your stuff, dude. Check him out. Ben Gravy, I'm sure you've heard of him before. But the original does it well. Stoke Machine. Stoke Machine. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Uh, if, we you're, will, if you're listening to Before Christmas, have a very, yeah. a very jolly, happy have Christmas. A jolly Christmas. Hope you get some decent surf kit. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers, guys. See ya. See ya.